first win of the season in the books. And I was there. I loved it. And my soul left my body. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Katie McCabe. Let's talk about Frida Manum and much, much more. You wanted an Arsenal Women podcast. Well, guess what? You got an Arsenal Women podcast. Let's go. Hopefully, this will be the last hotel quality audio podcast recording in a while. But anyway, here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of That Arsenal Women Podcast with me, your host, Demian. If this is your first time, I want to thank you for being here. Wherever you're listening from, please subscribe, rate, review, share, whatever you have to do to help this podcast grow because it reaches more people that might find this interesting. Regarding finding this thing interesting, let me tell you that this is not a normal podcast. Again, if this is your first time, this is all very biased, very passionate opinion coming from me, a musician. So a lot of this will have a musical tinge and will have, you know, opinions through the prism of somebody in the arts and stuff like that. So my whole idea with this was to offer something different than the typical landscape has to offer. To that point, Please know that you can read every single day an article about Arsenal Women podcast or, uh, excuse me, about Arsenal Women or about women's football, but anything and everything related to Arsenal Women if you visit thatarsenalwomenblog.com. Again, I write every single day. Sometimes they're match reviews. Sometimes they're match quote-unquote analysis. And again, I'm not an expert or a pundit or a journalist. I'm just a drummer that likes Arsenal Women. Um, and I also talk about issues surrounding the women's sport or surrounding the team. But today, it's all about the match against Villa because I was so very lucky to be there. And that's something that I want to focus on and speak about specifically. And the, among the reasons why I'm not talking too much about the experience itself of going to the stadium and things of that nature is because... It's very overwhelming, and I don't think I have had enough time to process any of it. So what I'm going to try to do is focus only on the match itself, what I saw, and sort of the football aspect of it all, right? The first thing that was very interesting for me was, or, or sorry, <laughs> I before I speak about football, the first thing that comes to mind regarding this experience even though i'm not talking about the experience at length the first thing and by the way my friends this is how this podcast goes unedited i feel a lot of privilege and luck and i'm so fortunate to be there when i'm in la or when i'm traveling or whatever and i have these moments every time when i watch the arsenal match or the women play or the Linuses, the Dutch or English. I have this wish of being there at the stadium, right? It's like, oh, I wish I was there, I wish I was there. Oh my God, to be there, to witness that, to be there, you know? And that never goes away. And even though I only get to do this once a year, uh, you know, I've been to the FA Cup final, now I've been to this match, and I saw Katie McCabe play um, with the Ireland national team in St. Louis. So, all things considered, I've only seen two matches, if you add Katie, three matches with Katie, right? And I understand how privileged I am 
like if I compare myself to other people, it's silly. Like, you know, some of the people that go have season tickets and go to every single match here. I can't and I don't. So I go once a year and it takes so much time, so much planning, so much expenses. It's pretty crazy. But I also know how lucky I am that I actually do get to do that. And a lot of people don't. People that deserve it. People that, like I mentioned, um, that have all these fan accounts and Twitter accounts that support the team in places like Ecuador, Argentina, India, Spain, all over the world. Japan, you see, you read all the time about Arsenal women from all these different accounts from all different places. And I'm just so very lucky to be here. So to put things in perspective. And, and like I said, I, I wrote about this and, and I spoke about it in the last podcast as well. But anyhow, I just feel very fortunate and I hold space for all of you, wherever you're listening from. Now to football itself, so to speak. The first thing that I'll say regarding that is that when the lineups came out, it was very confusing. And I don't really enjoy that. I don't need, and by the way, this is forever. This has nothing to do with Jonas Eideval directly. It happens with anybody. I really like knowing where the players that I know are going to play, right? Or at least start. I want to know where they're going to be and maybe if they shift, they shift. But this thing of seeing all these names and trying to Frankenstein together in my head the team and who's going to play what, that's not something that I particularly enjoy. So when I saw the lineup, I was like, what's happening, you know? And I had to resign and surrender and be like, you know what? That it'll be what it'll be. And I know nothing. And I have to trust that Jonas is putting out the best team that he can. And the match proved to be a mess. <laughs> the, the, it, it wasn't good. In footballing terms, I, it wasn't the best match to watch in person. The first, you know, 85 minutes or so. You had, in my opinion, what would be, I think, Leah Valti's weakest game I've seen in a long, long time. She just wasn't getting all her passes, especially the sort of long, long passes, long balls. They weren't really all that good. Wubin Moy at first was missing a lot of passes, even though I thought she had a really good game. Really good game, uh, all things considered. And I have to give her props because I am one of her not biggest fans and I and I, I criticize her often and I have to tip my hat and say that she stepped up um, during the match she grew I think in confidence in that last tackle she did the way she celebrated as she as if she had scored a goal is is a, a memory that's going to live in my mind for a very very long time and I'm very thankful that she she did that and that's what I always say about her she's always super committed I just don't know if a central defender is the right position for her. But anyway, she did great. Leah Valti wasn't at her best. And even though a lot of people loved Kim Little's performance, I thought that I wish she could have been a little more direct through the middle. There was a lot of passes out wide um, whenever she was on either side of the pitch. So I would have liked her. I, I want her to shoot more. I would like Leah Valti to shoot more. But it wasn't happening. Um, but in the big scheme of things, she was the conductor. She did great. The one player that stands out to me and has stood out the whole season as being extremely weak and very poor as far as the standard that she had set herself is Frida Manum. 
And I've mentioned before that I don't think there's a universe in which she starts when everybody's fit uh, to the point where I would rather play Russo as a deeper or, or as a 10 with Stina as a nine and whoever plays on the flanks, you know, Katie and Beth now that she's healthy, that would be my front four without a doubt. If Viv comes in, Viv plays as a 10 or in the midfield and Russo plays at the top or Black Stenny's, that rotation. But if we're going to have a number 10, I don't think Frida is the answer. Um, and if she did one thing in the past was she tried these long screamers and these long shots, she hasn't tried one, I don't think. Um, I don't remember her shooting a couple of days ago. I don't know if you have this stat or something, but I don't remember her shooting. So I'm not really sure what she does. I don't think her pressing is as um, intense as it probably should be. But anyway, again, I know nothing. And my point is that I would, if I could make some changes in the team, I think that would be um, the, the first thing that I notice is that, is that I think as a 10, we're missing something. And this brings me to the next point, which is if we are going to have a front line loaded with Chloe Lacasse and Stina and Russo, Beth Mead, Caitlin Ford, and we don't know necessarily what to do with Katie McCabe, let's just say, because we don't want to put her on the left because Caitlin Ford and Steph Catley play well together. And by the way, it's not like this is Messi and Dani Alves, right? As far as the partnership. This is not this like telepathic, the most unbelievable partnership we've ever had on a flank before. Like that is not it. So this overprotection, so to speak, of Caitlin as playing on the left and not Katie or something, I don't particularly get it or stand behind it. But anyhow, that's neither here nor there. The point is that I believe, based on what I have seen in person now, I can boast about this, is that Katie McCabe can and probably should play as a 10 for numerous reasons. One, she is very positive and always wants to go forward. Can pass maybe with her left foot only, but to either side of the pitch. She shoots, she has vision, she has the grit, she's tenacious. And that is my sort of what I see happening in the, the short term future. Because if Frida's not going to cut it, if Catherine Cool is not going to be there or given a chance, I don't believe that Victoria Pilova should be in that position either. Uh, and when she came in, again, another player that I have to big up is Victoria Pilova, who I constantly criticize. And she played a really good match. She came on and she did these quick release. You know, she got the ball and she released it quick, which is the sort of criticism that I've had with her through the years has been like she keeps the ball one dribble too long or one second too long. And I don't always agree with her decision making, but it was obvious that she had uh, she has stepped up her game. So that's amazing. And I love being proved wrong the same way that Shaka proved me wrong through the years. I welcome Victoria, Wuben Moy, Frida, Lena Hurtig, Gio, Caitlin Ford, other players that I don't there, I don't necessarily think that should start every single match. I I want them to prove me wrong. I love that. So, to a large degree, I think that if 
we're missing all these things from Frida and we look to who can provide it, the answer is Katie McCabe, right? That's just me. Another player that I wanted to sort of mention that I feel is uh, very underrated and a player who during warm-up I saw very closely was Noel Maritz. She's really, really good, guys. Like, I, I, she's really good. I'm very impressed by her. I've always liked her. And I think that when I saw her in person, she's taller than I thought she would be. She's faster than I thought she would be. And when she was warming up, her technique and the tricks that she did and the, the shots on goal while they were training or they were warming up were outstanding. So big up to her as well. It was really, really awesome to see. And of course... As far as Arsenal, last but not least, it was amazing to see Beth, her comeback. When I tell you during, during the match that I was just kind of hoping, and I'm not religious, I'm, I'm an atheist, so I'm not, I wasn't praying, but I was so hopeful that I would have been there to see her return. And when she was warming up and the crowd went mental, it was incredible. And then when she got called up by, I'm guessing, Jonas's assistant or somebody, I couldn't tell from there when they were giving her instructions with the iPad or the clipboard or whatever, I just was so happy. It was like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And even though that's what I wanted and envisioned, I just, I couldn't believe it was real. It was like a, could it be, could it be, you know? And it was. And when she came on, the entire stadium was just screaming her name, clapping. It, it was just absolutely lovely to see. And she changed the game. When she came on, it's almost like you knew this collective, we can do it and we will do it. And it's just like everybody's the way that they were screaming and yelling and singing, it came from a different part of their bodies, right? At first, it was just like a throat thing. And then eventually it became this heart, diaphragm, guttural thing. Uh, it was incredible. So, of course, to see Katie's first goal... My, one of my favorite players ever. I'm a big champion of Katie McCabe. And to see my first Arsenal goal ever be scored by her was the stuff that dreams are made of. And to see uh, Beth change the game, the rhythm, the everything. Everybody just kind of spread out. Everybody just, there was this collective feeling of optimism and possibility. And that assist, you know, that stretched knee where you're like, oh no, is she going to injure her? Is she going to hurt herself? And it looked really clumsy. And then Russo hit that ball against Daphne van Domseler, who's an extremely good goalkeeper. Um, I don't know if she couldn't see properly the shot or whatever. She could have done better with that. But I don't care. I only care when she's playing with the Netherlands or not against Arsenal. I want her to do good. Uh, so it was amazing. It was lovely. It was unforgettable. And I want to mention two other people that I saw during that match that uh, it was pretty pretty lovely to see one Kelly Smith to see her on the pitch uh, warming up to training with the players was amazing I didn't think about it when I was coming to the game I didn't think about the importance of, of and the relevance in my life to see one of the architects of that club a legend one of the best to ever do it be there on the pitch on the ball or with the ball so that was amazing and of course to see our girl Jordan Knobs was truly beautiful, truly special, and it's something that I will remember for forever. So, you know, part of me sometimes thinks about like if I were to watch games all the time, 
every single week how spe- specially truly would be. You know what I mean? Maybe this is just some sort of a defense mechanism or to justify how it does make sense to only come once every so often. But I tell you, if I still remember the FA Cup final and I remember this game already, you know, or I will remember this game for so, 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 so long, um, you know, I can't imagine what the name next game is going to be, but I also love the idea of holding these memories so true and, and so close to my heart for as long as possible that I would be okay if this is one of the last games I watch this year or next season or if I don't see them till next or whatever. I've had my fix. This was incredible. Uh, what they did, how they did it, the comeback, it's amazing. Going forward, I think this gives us a lot of confidence, not only winning, winning at the Emirates, Beth coming back, and, you know, timeline-wise, that means that Viv, Viv's comeback is around the corner as well. You know, they were injured very few days apart, and you would hope that recovery is going as well for Viv as it has been for Beth. Kind reminder, every single day I write a blog on thatarsenalwomenblog.com. So please visit that, check it out, tell your friends, tell people about it. Tell me what you like, what you don't like, and all of that stuff. Thank you all so much, and we'll speak again real soon.